Previously on Stonehall Sessions. Hey, bud. Adam, the baby is yours. This is the third time we've tried this and we still haven't fucking figured it out. That's what I'm saying. I think there's something there. So, I'm going to ask you for the first time and hopefully the last time. Hey. He's not a real contender to be a, a great orator of our generation. Stop fucking laughing at me, boy. Adam, 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 come talk to me. Come talk to me. Here we are on Stonehall Sessions, episode three. Um, <laughs> you can do half the things now. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to play just a little clip of the first song, uh, Cloud of Smoke. Hopefully this works. Jeez. Hold out my eyes in front of your hands. Wash them out and burn. All right, so you start off the record. <laughs> I already mentioned it before. It's very emotional, very self-assured. Um, you're confident going into this. Was this the first song recorded? Was this the first song? Like, why did you choose to put this one first? It was the first song I wrote. Yeah, it's a really old song. Wow, how um, old? It was one of the ones that I didn't write when I was in San Juan. I wrote it. Um, okay. Uh, there's two parts to the song, right? The mm-hmm. first part is like kind of the mantra-based lyric thing, just over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then there's a slight pause, and then there's this. Uh, You're spoiling section. my notes. God damn it! Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But that's the form of the song. Yeah. Um, the first part of the song um, was written after I had uh, broken up with my first girlfriend that I'm I'm actually in Ottawa because of. We moved here together. Okay. Um, because we were dating in high school and we were both pretty naive and we're going to go to Ottawa together and have a great time. And then about like... Um, about, That's wrong on so many different about levels. 15 minutes into it, we're like, oh, right, no, we're developing as people in different directions. Let's move on. Um, so we did that and it was cool. Um, and I wrote that after that. Um, and then the second half of it, I ended up dating someone uh, after that. And again it, it did you want I'm, a fist bump <laughs> yeah, bro, yeah man way to keep it going yeah. um and we did it for a bit and then we broke up and then but that part of the song the um the the finger picking part I, I wrote that just by accident one day um like sitting on her bed after we had broken up we'd still stayed friends um I was sitting on her bed because she had an apartment that was the size of uh smaller than this room not because you know anything was happening she just had no furniture and uh i was playing her dad's i don't blame you for breaking up and i just came up with it there so i ended up putting those two parts together and it's like okay there's the past and now the past is kind of i've moved past that that's basically it i just like i couldn't really put those in the middle of the record because conceptually it to me it wouldn't make sense to have those it's a palate cleanser for you yeah, it's you're like, starting new. That's the one old song that I had, and it was like I had I had probably like thirty or forty old songs that I just like tried to write and really what weren't happy. Like I just was never happy with it, and it always felt forced, and I never felt really excited about it. Yeah. Um, and when I put those two things together, I just liked the way it worked, and I was content with it. And when I did the track listing for the record, I just thought that can only go at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, yeah, I just couldn't have those thoughts like injected in a bunch of other thoughts that were much more current. That's really interesting because I'm going to play a second clip in a second. 
uh, from the same song. And it's the second part of the song that you were talking about. Right. And what I was going to say about it is it sounds like it's so epic, the second part of this. Like it, it like you've got sort of those uh, shotgun snares and things like that. Like it it, 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 it starts off uh, like the beginning of Wally, but it ends like the ending of Wally. Like it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always said. Dude. Yeah. Um, but it's. Uh, it, 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 for anyone else, this would have been the centerpiece of the album because it's it, just the way that it sounds. And uh, I'm just going to play know, it right I, now. I, I, okay, sure. Like, there's a lot going on in those movements in the in that in the way like it just. And you're going to have to listen to. The, you're going to have to buy the album, right? You you're not offering no, it as a free, free man. You can <sighs> fuck. Fuck no! Yeah, you, got, you got to value your art. Nah. Well, I guess you've you've put out a seven inch uh, pressing on vinyl, so you know how to vinyl. Uh. I gave it up for free. Really? Yep. Cheapers. Yeah, man. It's okay. all free. I want to find a way to never have to have anyone pay for my music, and I'm not saying that because I don't value art. I'm saying that because I feel like a model has to change somewhere, and I'm just throwing shots in the dark. Okay. Yeah, I like my album is also available for sale on like iTunes and shit, where you can buy it and pay a shitload of money, and uh, like a portion of it goes to me, but. At the end of the day, more people are going to listen to my music if it's free. Yeah. Like the second I made it free, more people started downloading it. So, oh, so you started off as a paid. Yeah. No, I put it online if you wanted to buy the digital album. I think it was like five bucks or six bucks. Right. On. And I had thought about it for a while and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do that. But I thought, no, that's that's what I'll do. It's a It's a record that I made and I'll make people pay for it. And after a while, I was like, nah, I just kind of want people to listen to it. I don't care. If they want it, they can have it. And because it, it's because I don't buy records. Yeah. I steal everything. I'm an asshole. <laughs> but it's straight up. Like, unless you're an artist and I really respect your work and I know that you're hustling for a living and you're, you know, like, then I, I'll give you money in, in some way or mm-hmm. another. But I don't have much money. So I don't, I, I love music too much to. Yeah. You know, I'm greedy. I'm greedy. <laughs> Straight up. Like, I have it available to me that I can steal it yeah, with no guilt. The same so way. I do it all the time. Can I make a confession? Yeah. I stole this album and I didn't even think it was free. Cool. Or, like, <laughs> how'd you steal it? Uh, do you know the program J Downloader? Yes. Yeah. So you got, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, straight up. Everybody out there, take note. Yeah. I just needed it for the samples. Obviously, I will buy a version of no but later. get like get it you can get it in lossless if you want from oh. Bandcamp, right like if yeah. you, you can do whatever you want with it but yeah i started when we were on the tour i started giving out all my merch for free and really yeah it was just a weird thought that i had like i wonder if i could figure out a way that at every show you get like you pay the ticket yeah and then it's whatever you want yeah it's all first access. come first serve kind yeah of it's a fucking buffet like Dang. you can come in and get what you want so yeah like on the tour i gave a uh, I had 25 vinyl and I gave those out. Love and, and Devotion, the seven inch single, yeah, right? Those yeah, those two things. And then I gave out like a shitload of CDs and a bunch of tapes and a bunch of posters. Nice. And it's great. I came away from the tour being like, wow, a lot of people have my music now. So uh, let's move on to Fake Harp. And uh, the thing I like, I like about this is it sounds like you're playing around with people who are in a club and they're trying to dance to your music and you're slowing it down and you're bringing it back up and you're doing it in subtle ways in that some of the beats start to sort of collide with each other and then space out for a bit. And I think that's, I think that's really fantastic. And the other thing that I love about this song is that it, it sounds like sort of you wrote it and you had it all down with like, like a real great backing band who filled out all the sound and then you just sort of scoop that part out of it and you just left 
the bare essentials, like just the skeleton of what really needed to be there so that you could you could sort of hop from beat to beat with your voice. And I think it's it's just I think it's such an accomplishment of songwriting to be able to do something like that and to have it come out at the end and be like to have people think like this was a this was an actual song to be able to. Fuck you, Adam. It's such it's such a. <laughs> It's my favorite song on the on the album by far. Wow. Because I think it's just it shows a proficiency not only of songwriting but also of technology in a way that it, and it so it shows a confidence that I don't think a lot of first time sort of uh, dudes. Yeah. Yeah. show on numb like it's it's great and it's minimal, but it's minimal in the best way possible. It's minimal not the I didn't know what to do. It's minimal in the I knew exactly wanted what I wanted to do way. Wow. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, was um, that a question? Yeah, that, Shut up. that's a really nice comment. Um, thank you. Yeah, I mean that song. There's only like from a, it's funny that you think that it's a good song for songwriting because I think it's like I don't know. It's it's one verse. There's Lyrically, why is this the shortest song on the EP? Like on the album. Yeah, it's like there's 17 words. Yeah, there's 17 words to it. It's one verse at the very beginning and it just gets kind of broken apart. And I don't know. I mean, let's listen to a few. Sure, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay, so we've got this part. Put my headphones on. Now let's let's talk about that for a sec because what you've done and what a lot of people won't do is you only bring in the bass to emphasize a point. Like a lot of people use that because it fills out a it fills out a track and it it makes it sound it, it instantly sounds good if you have the full range of sort of acoustics sort of filled out and all blaring at the same time. But when you listen to this, it's you have so much confidence in your voice. There's nothing there. It's so goddamn sparse. Yeah. It's, it's empty, so man. good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but no, it's empty. It's empty for a reason. Like, I I, I don't know. I'm a fucking graphic designer. <laughs> I really like boiling things down until there's nothing left. Like, I... I, I there's it's just w- the essential elements. But there's way too much noise nowadays. Like, you just gotta... I feel like you have to make something that's this empty. It's like... You, there's too much shit going on. <laughs> at least from my perspective, it's like I just hear things and there's just... Some people are really good at doing the maximal thing too. Like if you think about Flying Lotus, he does some beautiful minimal work, but... All of his, his stuff is compressed to shit. His personality yeah. shines the most when you can see... Like when you can hear what it sounds like in his brain and there's mm-hmm. 80 billion ideas that are happening all at once. Like, and he's good at it because he's taking the idea of all of that. He lives in LA, right? You can think about all the noise that there is in LA. Yeah, all absolutely. The on the side of the road just everything and he embodies that and he he makes a caricature of it and i'm just kind of the opposite of it you know i'm from canada there's nothing here and <laughs> but really no we leaves we're, blowing in the wind we're the true minimal country there's really nothing here yeah and uh yeah i don't know i just don't want my music to be like cluttered unless it has a purpose i guess unless it's trying to say something about clutter i don't know 
That's the best thing that anyone has ever said on this podcast. And we're only three episodes deep, but it's gonna be it's gonna be true until we get Peter Gabriel on. When you hit when you hit after like seven seasons <laughs> and you go, "Hi, we've had a great run here, and this is the one episode that uh, there was a writers' guild strike, and so we're gonna do flashbacks." <laughs> <laughs> you can just you can just go to remember back in episode three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was great when Elaine did the thing with the yeah. Ted a, dancing again. Yeah. But yo, thanks. Um. That song actually feels a little chaotic to me, but I, it didn't, it didn't at the time. Shut your beautiful mouth. Because <laughs> um, no it way. is perfect. It Thanks, is perfection. Man. I'm and glad you dig it. Not many people do. It's a beautiful song. You only like this because you're an electronic producer. You're digging all of the painting and shit. No, no, no. It's not that. I'm digging it in the way that I sort of, I, I dig uh, somebody like James Blake in that they're able to... Like yeah, I James, said, James Blake's the shit. James Blake's uh, fucking good at what he does, uh, and not so much yeah, his, his most recent album, but the one he did with uh, I like his Lin's first Fun. album. Yeah, I like his first one, the self-titled one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the only James Blake album I can listen to, but it's really good. But it's like this in that there's just the elements that need to be there. There's nothing else. You've stripped it fucking bare, and I mean James Blake did it on his uh, on that album, uh, Overgrown. Is that? I think that's the name of the second one. Uh, it got a little, his second record. Yeah. Yeah. We can edit it if it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and his second album, The Love Begins. Uh, but it, it, I, I love this because it, it, it is just the essential elements and it's it takes so much skill. Uh, like, I'm so... I'm so... <laughs> it takes... I'm, I'm, I'm not so impressed. I'm jealous. It takes so much skill to be able to know that these elements will carry a song through. Uh, even when it just sounds like Robot sex. Really? Like, okay. okay, robot sex, sure. You listen to it and you like it. Your notes. <laughs> That's true, it is. Um, and it, it's just such a it's such a nice juxtaposition to sort of the more Randy Newman-esque beginning of the song, <laughs> or the, 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 the beginning of the album. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. Where, where, like, the second half of the first song is so full of grandeur, and then you're just like, no, hold up a second. This isn't what it's going to be. Let me deconstruct everything <laughs> I was just about to... Everything you thought was going to be. And then, like, you have... Yeah, that's dope. It's slowing down. It's picking back up again. It's so... It's so great. And it's it's great in a way... It's great in a way that I used to love fucking around. Back when I... Back when I DJed for, like... Uh, probably six months before I realized that is the worst thing ever to just play other people's songs uh, and there's no artistic value to it whatsoever. Hey, no, no, no. There's an artistic value to DJing. I think so. But it's, I think the artistic value to DJing, you're the facilitator of a party, right? (laughs) Yeah, true. You know, I think that's the value of DJing. You're reading a crowd. You know, you have a group of people and you're facilitating the party. So That's true. I forgot about all those great artists who made a party. Um, I've only seen you DJ (laughs) once, which is at Halloween... And you played Michael Jackson's Thriller. No, I did not. You did. Uh, what's his face? <laughs> you totally did. I had this original. Okay, really that would make sense. Idea. I want to play Michael Jackson's Thriller. Play the grind. <laughs> Was that the, at the grind or the ground? What's his face? I played it, and I politely asked him to get off the desk once he played "Toxic" by Britney Spears uh, for the second time. Good call. For the uh, second time. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, "Toxic" a good song. I think Max Martin did that one. "Toxic" a good song. Probably your best song. I don't really like Britney Spears, just from a philosophical standpoint, like a morality standpoint. But Max Martin, you guys know Max Martin? Yeah, Max I, Martin. I do not. 
got his start it wasn't like a it was it was some sort of metal band i don't know I, okay i don't know so, his history i just know that he controls pop music so he got a start in like a late 80s, early 90s for anyone this is a psa for anyone listening if you if you if you like pop music it's just look into like the three people who write it and realize <laughs> that this is like uh yeah, if you feel like there's an unbalance as far as wealth and the airspace goes, <laughs> just so, like stop listening to it. <laughs> You're listening to McDonald's, anyways. Uh, so he was a part of part of some metal band, hair metal band. Um, Max Martin, really? Like yeah. a Swedish hair metal thing. Yeah, wow. and um, there the album or two that the group recorded didn't really go anywhere, but the studio that he recorded at started asking him back more and more because he had like the, a really good ear for melody okay and then he just spun that into what it, the empire yeah. yeah it's it's all melody and i mean you look it, it's it's katie perry it's uh taylor swift yeah, yeah, Spears, Spears, the weekend adele yeah. but if you listen to his actual work like especially on i like this summer i heard a shitload of taylor swift on the radio like when i was in haven't we all or the dental <laughs> office or shit like that when yeah. i was in places i don't want to be um they just play music that i don't want to listen to and the vocal work on it's crazy there's like he's arranged like 12 parts in a really concise pop song it's amazing it's it's like it's very he's he's doing good work for himself it's just so sickening how it happens economically (laughs) have you have you seen him in the studio comping takes no so do you know what comping is? Do you guys know comping? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's basically taking a whole bunch of different takes, uh, choosing the best bits of each one, making it into uh, a single take that sounds like the singer sang it. It's it's essentially what I do with every single podcast, sort of scrub Adam out. Um, he Compiling talks, the he, best bits yeah. and getting rid of the shit. Like, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but Fucker. he, in the studio, he, like that's that's his bread and butter. That's where he lives. It's just making sure that each part is the best that it can be. And so... Uh, you yeah, read about I mean, how many, like, it's like 12, 15, 20, 25 takes for each, each song just for the main part. And then they, he keeps bringing b- people back to do sort of the auxiliary, uh, yeah, all the crazy, harmony, vocal, all the yeah. crazy counterpoint shit that he's doing in the background. Yeah. Let's get back to fake harp for a second. Right. It's the best. It's the greatest. Can you? You got to take a more critical stance on music if you're going to become an authoritative voice on music. Oh no, we're coming you, up to your first instrumental, and I'm just going to tear you a new one. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> you sound restless throughout this entire album. Why do you start playing with tempo in this one? Um, the like, okay, the 17 words in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I only see you when I'm low. New field of vision. You stand over me, stealing momentum. Right. That's it. Right. Nice. Um. <laughs> Thanks. I didn't yep. have to say it. I was like, oh shit, am I going to have to say I'm it? I'm going to fuck up my own lyrics right now, aren't it, I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wrote them about, down. It's about, uh, like, I, 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 I don't think I'm bipolar, but I've had points in my life where I've been really down. And then I've had points in my life where I've been really elated. Um, and I, as I get older, I stabilize a bit more as I learn who I am a bit more. But, um, when I was younger, I was really up and down, and I was I was really far down a lot. Um, and that song is just about like you know, some days you just wake up and you're really on the bottom of things, and you know like all of your yeah, I mean it, your mind is really working against you. Um, yeah, you know, 
I think everyone probably understands. Absolutely. You know, like you shape your own reality to some degree and some days it's, you're not working in your own favor and, uh, that can be pretty crushing at times. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's what that's about. Or at least that's what that's pointing to. It's not solely about that because the tempo goes up and down and up and down much like, you know, that's uh, a great way to sort of exemplify that point. Yeah. That's what it's, that's what it's for. I mean, it was a, yeah, that was the point for it. It was just like the same song is happening all the time. It's it's just, you know, like life is happening all the time and it has its own pace, but you're viewing it faster and slower and faster and slower as your own perspective on it. Um and it's so dependent on your own perspective how it actually happens for you, you know? So that was why the tempo's altered straight up. It was just like what's a quick and easy way that I can illustrate that point that the same notes can be played and the feel can be completely different you know like you you know what i mean like it's yeah. like a player yeah. piano that piece is composed and you can play it at any okay any good tempo, example good example whether you're playing it fast or slow it has a completely different meaning so it, it's just about that showing the difference in perspective from from day to day kind of and how it can go up and down yeah there's one thing that my father always, uh, he always points out in music that he, he quite enjoys, and I think he's passed it on in spades to me, which is sort of, uh, and his, his uh, band du jour for it is Yes, um, where he'll say, look at- Yeah, their tempo changes are crazy. They, they do tempo <laughs> changes. Um, but uh, he says, from cacophony comes, or from chaos comes harmony or something like that. And just sort of that way in which uh, a whole bunch of different desperate, or disparate, who. Uh, Disparate elements. Desperate, disparate. Uh, <laughs> uh, start off in a track, uh, and they, they're they able to, over the course of 10, 15, 20 minutes, weave them all into like this harmony that you never thought would, would ever really uh, yeah, with coalesce. Yes, with Yes, there's always a resolve. They always yeah. show you why they did all the crazy shit before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing I like about this song is that there are a few moments where within it, I'm not sure if it's even intentional or not. It was Probably just you not. fucking with uh, the tempo. It's like it does resolve for like half a beat and then it goes chaotic again. So everything's sort of like jumbles, 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 perfect, jumble, jumble, jumble again. It's, 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 oh. Um, I think this is a perfect example of a way in which I've read way too much into a song and you had no intention of what I was saying at all. Shut up, Adam. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, your, yeah, your thoughts on it are pretty aligned with like the thoughts that I had on it when I was creating it. I'm distanced from it now, so I'm not as enthusiastic about it. But when I was really into it, I probably thought all those things too. So it's really encouraging that you're into it and that you think those things too. That means that like, yeah, I I transferred the energy to you pretty in a pretty one-to-one like one ratio. One, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. That's yeah. really good. I'm I'm really honored and happy that you feel that way about it. Yeah, it's uh, far and away my favorite song on the album, and I think just because it's so, it's challenging to listen to. It's not something that you would expect to hear from. No, most people really don't like that song on the record. Most people are like, why did you put that song as the second song really? on the record? Well, yeah, I can, well, the thing is on my, on my, um, on my Bandcamp page, I can see how far people get into the record most mm-hmm. of the time. And they'll listen to the first song and they'll be like, oh, this is nice. And they get about <laughs> like they get about a minute into the second song, and that's where a lot of the things drop off. 
So it's funny. <sighs> really? A lot of people find it challenging, but it is challenging. It's intentionally challenging. Because the way that you do it in such a minimal way, it's such a deconstruction of like all these elements that people are going to love in later songs. But in this one, you just sort of you jumbled it up just a little too much. And it, oh, it's so it's too <laughs> it's too perfect. And people but that's, that's the time when Riley blows his God This is your taste, though. <laughs> all you're saying is that this is really aligned with my with my taste. But that's good. Yeah. Now everyone knows what you like. Yeah. And shut up at home. Um, moms. No. It, moms. Shut up, moms at yeah. home. Patty, Judy's. Yeah, I've probably well, got a message right now. Judy's are there. Patty's and Judy's, um, yeah. Number three is uh, Stewardess. Yeah. It's the one that you point everybody to when they go to your Bandcamp page? Yeah, I think it's the most friendly, probably. That's why I do it. Pop aesthetic goes, it kind of fits into that mold the best. It's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, post-chorus. Right. You know, and... Uh, Abacab. Yeah. Exactly. Another great Genesis album. Yeah. And a blueprint for making albums. Yeah. I think you mean like this. Right. <laughs> They're doing... For for people without assisted video or assisted, you know... <laughs> for it, non-subscribers. People, for people who don't have the video... They're pretending to jerk off, but uh, only ourselves, not each other. No, no, they're just pretending to jerk themselves off. I've right? seen the fan fiction. Uh, mom, <laughs> oh, interesting. mom, stop listening, stop listening, Whoa. mom. Unsubscribe. Wow. It goes there, interesting. Okay, but anyways, yeah, that's stewardess. the lovely thing about the you're listening to stewardess. Consider the first, like, well, the first verse and chorus, and a uh, second verse and chorus just a reason to get to the point where you're after the second chorus all right yeah that's what it's all about it's like tension 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 release nice yeah nice hey guys riley here and this is where the advertisements normally go uh but today i just wanted to explain a little bit about uh the structure change up i realized in the first two episodes we were talking about very specific songs and in this week we had a little drum pad to trigger parts of each part of Isaac's song so that you guys could hear it because I know maybe you guys won't be as familiar as Adam and I who sort of sit down uh, with all these songs and make notes before the podcast happens so that we've got things to talk about with the artist. Um, And I should say about this episode uh, with Isaac, it's our longest episode yet and we actually he actually sat down with us for about four hours and we just talked and talked and talked and so uh, I we had to condense it down because I don't think anybody out there really wants to listen to four hours of me going, uh, but you know, maybe you do. Maybe we can just make a whole compilation of that sometime. But uh, I tried to leave in the best bits, hoping you guys are liking this. We really just sort of deconstructed his album a little bit. And um, right now you're going to hear a song that's not actually on his album. It's on his upcoming one once he gets around to writing it. Uh, that he recorded live in the studio, and there will be another one to play us out at the end. Uh, so I hope you guys are enjoying it. And uh, so here's here's a new song by Isaac. The banker walks his bicycle to work five days a week. It bugs him because his thighs rub against the inside of his mind. He lies and says he takes the path beside the highway where she left him for his brother. He's a dentist and he's handsome Even when his hands are dancing on your smile The bank is 
reminded of his failures every day He'd have no other way For how else could he organize his mind He tries to recount every detail From the socks that he was wearing To the tears that he felt falling from his eyes Onto the path beside the highway Where she said goodbye To the lift and greets the early morning with a sigh. Behind the counter, counting hours until 5 p.m., when he unlocks his bicycle and walks it down the path beside the highway where she left him for his brother. And he remembers the socks that he was wearing when she said that she can't love a man who doesn't love himself. And doesn't even care to try to try to Disintegrate 
before my eyes I never notice anything I never notice anything that's good Until it says goodbye What's the point of having dreams? I work my life away only to be replaced by a machine. I trusted them with everything. Can't learn a single lesson when I'm stuck behind the screen. Will it always be this way? Why does everything I try to change remain to be the same? If this is really everything. Then I've always been a part of it. Everything And I've always been a part of it And I always will be Alright, now let's get into the gritty stuff Okay, right, this is where you criticized me, right? Yeah Fucking right Alright, so, here we go Which one is this? They all sound the same. Oh, burn. Fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking with you. Uh, so, Peach Boy. Yeah. First of three instrumentals on the album. And is one there of the three? There's three instrumentals? There's three. There's one song. They're short, though. They're yeah. little guys. Yeah, yeah. It's filler. It almost makes you think, and this is what I'm thinking, why are they on the album? No, it's not filler. I really like all those songs. Yeah? Yeah, sometimes you just have ideas. I love they- instrumental music. Well, Fuck like, you, rather. I'm not good at writing instrumental music, really. I'd like to write more of it, but I love instrumental music. Mm-hmm. I do, too. So I just always want to include it. I think it's just as valid as music with lyrics. Well, you said earlier one of your biggest influences is... Well, not biggest, but one of your influences is Fly Low, Flying Lotus. For sure. Yeah, no. He is an influence on this Electronic song. music in general. Yeah. And a lot of it doesn't have lyricists or vocalists. A lot of it's just really great composition. So I don't know. I, I'm always going to try and include instrumental music on my stuff, even to the... All the power to you. Yeah, even if, my, even if it decreases the value of my albums. <laughs> I, have to, I have to focus on it. I want to get better at it, and I love it so well, it's much. It's not like you're doing some five to six minute instrumental piece. These are like a minute. 
No, because if you thought long. out a five to six minute instrumental piece, it'd probably be worth its salt. But this is just forty seconds of just like, oh, here's it's a really great thing that I I really thought of, oh, and that, an but it won't develop any further. And that's what I hear when I listen to it. Right? It's just, okay. I I had this idea. I didn't want to develop it into a full song, and now it's gone. And just like, oh, it 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 gives me blue balls. Oh, okay. Yeah, you wanted to those really three, go somewhere and to see how I'm doing those three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they all give you blue balls. Yes, and that one. That's good. That's kind of what I wanted. And that one with the uh, it sounds like a female reporter just saying the lyrics. Selena. Yeah, that's a totally different thing. All right. Well, we'll get to that. Sure, we'll get to that. We're, right. about that We're back after. to these three. But anyways, with Peach Boy, Peach Boy is like um, you, it's it's a uh, very like uh. You reference a couple things within Peach Boy. Uh, from what I've understood, it's uh, it's throwback to your hometown of Grimsby. Grimsby. Grimsby's a peach farm. Yeah. The so whole place is a, yeah. Yeah. They, they farm peaches. Uh, it's a peach festival and shit. Uh, it's, it has something to do hilarious. with is some Japanese uh, folk hero. Peach Boy is a is a is a is a Japanese folk story. Okay. It's about a boy who comes down in a giant peach. He's a peach. <laughs> Um, kind of like it's, James. It's about um, like Peach Boy is a is a Japanese folk hero, and it's some of the first animated uh, Japanese films. And okay. uh, I'm just a huge fan of animation. All I right. love animation, and one of the first like, like Japanese the, animation in particular. Or? I really love a lot of Japanese animation. I think that they're like as far as a as, as a country goes in doing a really artful job of it. They're the, they're ahead of the game for sure. They've just had some great artists come out. Like um, Heo Miyazaki is, mm-hmm. he's the fucking Walt Disney of Japan. And well said. Yeah, but his stuff is way more artful than a lot of them. Like a lot of the uh, American animation I find most is, is created for the purpose of economy. Like there's always, you can see where the budget was cut. And in Japanese animation, like if they're making an animation, there's no compromise. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to make animation, it has to be pure art all the way through. Um, so that's what I really respect it for. Like you can watch two and a half hours and every frame, 24 frames a second is hand drawn, hand painted watercolor shit. Like it's just, it's, it's insane. It's insane. So I've, I've always been really touched by it and yeah, it's just a huge inspiration. How did that influence the writing of this 42nd chip tune song? The 42nd chip all it's really about is okay. So here's what it's about. This is the final record. This is what it's actually about. The title has like some meaning in it, in the Peach Boy thing, and the Japanese animation thing, and all the fun shit. But because let me just say, if we're keeping with pitch things, Peach things, it's the pits. Oh, oh. oh shit! The oh. song's actually about. Here's what it's about. There's a hill. Here's in the Grimsby. fuzz. There's a hill in Grimsby <laughs> called Mountain Road, and Grimsby is pretty well situated on Lake Ontario in that it's a very Skinny. It's like it's near Niagara. It's, it's in Niagara. It's the gateway to Niagara. Oh, lovely. Anyone who's from Grimsby is going to find that <laughs> really funny. Um, <laughs> um, it's a really skinny town because on one side of it, there's Lake Ontario, and the other side of it, there's an escarpment, a large escarpment that's probably about a kilometer high or a bit less, right? Um, and it's the Niagara escarpment. Okay. And uh, when, we were, when we were kids, we used to be really stupid. And we used to ride our bikes Didn't down this hill yeah. um, that is 
way too fucking fast. Yeah, yeah. And really, you know, like super You're bound dangerous. to hurt yourself at the it, bottom. Right at the very bottom of the hill, there's like a four-way intersection. And oh, sometimes, fuck. you know, sometimes you just gotta <laughs> go like, I hope I left yeah. at the right time. Um, so that, like, it takes about that long to ride down the hill. It's about that. It's just about riding down the hill. All right. Just biking around when you're, yeah, when you're a young kid. I guess. Because the fun thing is all your friends are on bikes, too, and they're all around you. It was a wonderful time. Yeah. It was like childhood in the 1940s kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about that. But I agree well, with I, you. Yeah, a, I understand. Like, and I think I'd read that about that. Like, you had written something about it saying it was this, this sort of 1940s sepia kind of like just nostalgic feeling to this hometown. Yeah, like in retrospect, when I look at my childhood, I feel really thankful to have grown up in a small town yeah. because it really does feel like a pretty nostalgic thing it doesn't feel like it was of the time that it was considering that most of i don't think most people will get to have childhoods like that or get to have childhoods like no that. not these days not these days not these days and no. i i uh when i was in it and living it i felt really resentful because i really wanted to live a life like most most other people was living you know mm-hmm. like in a city or doing more relevant things and being part of life that was being cataloged uh, but I was stuck in this small town that no one really knew or talked about or thought of. But in yeah, in hindsight, it was great. And I, I can relate to that. I mean, I grew up in a, a larger city. Um, but where did you grow up? I grew up in Oshawa, oh, okay. Ontario. Yeah, but at the same time, like as a child, I did that same stupid shit. Yeah, you know, exactly. I rode down I mean, the hills. I risked my child, life riding through know? four four way intersections and crossed my fingers as I went through. But yeah. Yeah, part of it's just. I being can totally young. relate to that. Just being young, being adventurous, having a good time, and yeah. So it's really about that. I have my. It's it's tied to yeah, memories of me being a kid. It's a good throwback, man. Growing up with my friends, yeah. But I agree with you musically. Um, hey guys, I just took a dump in the toilet. I named it Monarchy. Why don't we talk about how that's a great did homage? Really just, did you really just take Princess? No, I was gonna say that's quick. <laughs> that's really quick. Just slips out of me. Damn, yeah. man. But anyways, I agree. It's a it's an unflushed idea. It's just a little sketch. Yeah, it's it's. I really like the idea of. Um, well, one of the criticisms I have of just a lot of the music I listen to or hear, not that I listen to it, but more that I hear it, just you know, like it it just come kind of comes to me through the environmental sound of places that I'm in, buying groceries or things like that. Sure, they give you everything you want. It's like the most satisfying music, you know, like it ends and it's like, that was it. I got, I got every chorus I wanted and they, they sang the, yeah, they sang the chorus. They sang the catchiest part 80 times. It's great. Like, Hey Jude is the example of that. Hey Jude is like mm-hmm. everything you ever wanted in a song delivered. And it's a great song because of that. It's making fun of it. It's making fun of how much you want them to do the same thing over and over and over again and how great it sounds to you. And he can do that because he did that as a caricature of it. But I find in a lot of music, they give you too much. And I like the idea of just giving less. Like, you can listen to the song on repeat. That's all there is. Yeah. If you want to hear it more, listen to it on repeat. But that's the only idea I came up with for it. So I'm not going to make you listen to it two or three times. I'm not going to play it on repeat and do minor variances with it, you know? That's true. We've probably played it more in this episode than than it's actually on the... That's just it. There's only... This is the amount of idea that is in that music. It's 100% of the idea, and there's 
I'm not fucking around with it. Like I don't I don't want to. But no, for real. Like I don't want to like and then take an element out and play it and then just the drums and then it comes back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like doing all the <laughs> shitty variances that people do with it. I don't want to waste your time. It's Which there. brings us to Garden One. No. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure. We can move on from it. But yeah, it's a short piece. It's a short piece. It's just a sketch. Why it's not, why is it on the album? Um because you need at least one instrumental. It just felt right. Yeah, did you need three? I don't know. No, I was just making all that music at the same time and it just felt right. Yeah. All there right. wasn't like any there's not much of a conceptual reason behind it other than it just it 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 was one of the pieces that I had kind of made during that time and I liked it a lot and it contained a memory that I wanted to include in it. So between that and the Crazy distortion. Wait, is it? Yeah, there we go. Oh, you can hear it just at the end. There's not sure. so much distortion. It's just a lot of noise. It's a lot of noise yeah. for my amplifier. I don't have a power conditioner. That's straight up it. It's an old house. There's an old house, and there is a, a lot of noise coming through my amp. So we've gone from like a Pitchfork 10 to a Pitchfork 8.5 because of those two things. Because of the noise? Because of the noise. Because of the first instrumental. You got two more coming. I don't know. Up, so I don't know, think. I don't know what Pitchfork would think. I don't really care. Whoa. No, Pitchfork has lost a lot. Of, I don't know. That's true. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, and I, I think only they've lost a lot of credibility just because they've had to exist for so long. It was exciting and fun when we were young, and now they're around. Yeah. They've been around for a while. All right. Um, so let's go to Garden One. So uh, let's talk. There's two parts to this song as well. The first half is almost hymnal, but it sounds like there's also a Mr. Mosquito from like the GameCube game that I think came out in 2002, a Mr. Mosquito, where he just watched Japanese people sleep and then try to suck blood out of them. Uh, Whoa. But it, <laughs> I don't understand that reference, but that sounds crazy. Uh, yeah, I love Japanese animation, just like you guys. Um, hey, let's... <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let, let's talk about how, how this song came to be sure. uh garden one garden two is there any relation between the two you're just trying to be arty no it's the same lyrics oh it's actually uh no it's not but both songs start i want walking through the garden okay yeah and they're both written conceptually about the same things and now why why is the beginning of garden one so hymnal like what you see, you you keep playing with different themes throughout each song. You're very restless throughout each song on this album. Why why Garden One? Do you take a second to relax and just sort of say you are you are? I don't know. It just felt right. <laughs> I don't know. It's you own to fight. The yeah. lyric is you own to fight. You own. You own. You own to fight. Yeah. Fuck. The only reason you own something is so you can fight for it. Right. Like. Whoa. No, straight up. Like the only re- like the idea of the, although both the Garden One and Garden Two are about um relationships and more um more specifically, Garden One at least is about the concept of marriage and like you own someone, you own to fight. Like the only reason that marriage exists is because it's a contract and it mm-hmm. it comes from back in the day when like you had to protect your belongings so you had land and you had a contract that you needed to 
have to protect your land so no one else could come and steal your land so you could go to the higher power and say, no, 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 this is my land, it's a contract. Same goes, marriage exists because you had that for your wife too. It's a, it's, it, it's a thing that men created to protect their, their wives. And I don't know, a lot of my friends from, from high school and, and people in my life are getting married and stuff. And I mean, my parents are divorced. Yeah. I'm, I'm a critical person of marriage because I don't know if it has a, 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 a function really. Like I have a girlfriend and I love her very dearly. I, I, I love her as a, as a human being. And, uh, I would never, ever want to get married to her ever. <laughs> I, I care about her too much. I would never want to legally bind her to being in a relationship with me forever. How stupid does that sound? You're a human being. You're going to change all a, a bunch throughout your life. You're going to change forever and ever and ever. And there's no reason that you got to lock yourself into this concrete thing that, like, you're, I think humans are trying to make themselves feel invincible by dealing with the terms of forever. It doesn't happen. You die after 80 years. It's statistically proven. And you're going to constantly change throughout the whole time. And you're gonna need different people around you throughout the whole time. So I don't know. You own to fight, yeah. That that line is just like you own so you can fight about it. Like This is fucking nuts. But this is the first time I've ever heard someone express something that Bill Hicks said that didn't sound like <laughs> a bunch of bullshit. Oh cool. <laughs> <laughs> like what you just said there, I was just like, Okay. Like it's a it's a more rational way of what Bill mm-hmm. Hicks uh went about saying, and I hate I hate the shit out of Bill Hicks. I think my roommate really likes him. He's he's an easy guy to like if I'm you not smoke sure. a lot of pot. Yeah. Or if you've done like too many mushrooms. Yeah. Bill Hicks is like sort he, of he your guy. He starts making a lot of sense to you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. So he's sort of like, I guess now his spiritual successor, unfortunately, even though I don't like Bill Hicks, I don't like that his spiritual successor is Joe Rogan. Like he, oh, interesting. It, yeah, okay, Joe Rogan's just sort of like, I love MMA and also ayahuasca. It's yeah. just like, oh. Fear factor. Oh. All right, mm-hmm. now, the second half of the song, which I really, really enjoy. Cool. Last incidents of being alone. That deep, deep vocal fuckery. The fuckery. The That's fuckery. That's what it's all about, eh? Yeah, the fuckery. Well, the fuckery, sure. the fuckery, the way, the way that it does, uh, the way that you fuck around with these. There's a lower uh, octave on it. Yeah. At the beginning of the second, the second kind of verse, I guess. Yeah. And the way that you sort of, you slinkly put it in and then you pull it out again. It's, it's only it's, in for the first couple of lines. Yeah. yeah. It, it suggests to me that this is really something that you paid a lot of attention to. Like you really wanted to make sure this was the best that it could be. I don't know. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Like I don't know. You just listen to it, and then you go like, "Oh, that'd be cool if that go if that went there." And then you listen to it, and you go, "Yeah, that's cool there." All right, let's cancel the fucking podcast. Fuck uh, it's um, over. But you know, it's like, done. it's not like, "Oh, I have this brilliant idea, and I'm going to execute it in this song." <laughs> that's exactly how I sound when I'm producing things. Yeah, you sound. He's like a cynical an son evil, of a bitch. An evil genius. No, you just you listen to things and you try some things out. And I sound like, like Ray a Romano. bajillion other things that I could have. You don't sound like Ray Romano, not at all. Hey, hey. my brother's tall. Sounds yeah. more like Hank Hill. <laughs> but yeah, God damn it! You just, you just try shit out. You know, you try things out and you go. Okay, you have an inclination that that would sound cool there, and then you try it. And there's only a certain amount of time you have to work on a record before it gets stale. So. 
that's all you have to do on it you know like there's a bajillion other things i could have done to everything but i didn't have the patience <laughs> so like you know there's there's an octave lower on the first couple lines but all my not questions are ruined any other crazy shit <laughs> right anyways that's what I that song's this about record for the last three days You've you can't what? take this away from me uh yeah that whole song it's a, it's a scratch everything's like a i originally thought i'd have to re-record it but then i didn't this it's is sort probably, of like it's probably the first bit that i actually recorded it's probably the first recorded material from the album really yeah i started fucking around with it and i just ended up building everything underneath it like there's that vocal take and all it all i was really singing over was just the loop of the guitar yeah. Um and the the little EP that I put out the the two the Love and Devotion. Final, yeah. Yeah, the um second song is the same song. The walk, second, out, walk out together. Walk out together yeah. and this song are the same song. It's the same song. Um, Sneaky motherfucker. Yeah. So wait, but, I paid twice for the same I don't know. Yeah. No, he gave it away. He gave it away <laughs> yeah, for free. It's called Variance. And you stole yeah. this you stole this download. So So like I would always play it like the way it is on the love and devotion thing. That's how I play it when I play it live. But all right. with all of the crazy electronic shit underneath it, that's how it came out on the record. This might be a good time to delve into it uh, because you've disappointed me on all fronts. <laughs> ask me one quick question about each song you want. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. We're, we're elaborating a lot on each yeah. tune. We're just chatting. that piece as it was you know there was that beginning part and it just turned into that ending part and uh it follows the uh the form of a lot of the songs on the album which is like like there's lyrics at the beginning and then i do an instrumental thing like there's just an a and then a b and that's because i'm not a super skilled songwriter it's just the way it is and uh yeah no i'm just i don't know I right. honestly, I have no insight as to how that song was written. I honestly, it sounds fantastic, but it sounds empty. Cool. It sounds it sounds like a really great McMansion. <laughs> cool. Okay. A good story about I could get down to this. It's your own fucking album. Why can't you say the words on it? Come on. <clears throat> right, there's a sample. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I like it. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, let me repeat that. It's your own fucking album. Why can't you say the words on it? Come on. That's Audrey Hepburn in the in the movie Sabrina. Um, I thought it was a beautiful sentiment. But I'm when it, the song's called Selena, not Sabrina. Do you want me to quote Mickey Rooney at Breakfast at Tiffany's? Sure. Nope, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, when I went to when I went to San Juan, uh, the first like three days that I was there, I wrote most of the record. I was right. there for a full week, um, and then on like the third or fourth day, I was sitting in a plaza and I was reading a book by Philip K. Dick, who's a s- sweet if you like science fiction, 
work. It's it's really great. Okay. And I was reading his book, and this girl sat next to me, and we just started, oh yeah yeah we just started talking. The to plot thickens. And she's from Puerto Rico. She was she was in a local, and uh, local. We basically she said uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck. The Wells well, IPAs are kicking we really, in. We really hit it off, and she took the next couple of days off work, and we just uh, we hung out for like five days straight. She took me into the rainforest, and she showed me like the fucking rainforest and all the little towns and the beaches, and she brought me to her grandmother's place, and her grandmother cooked for me. And, nice. And we just had an amazing time together, and it was like a it was a totally. It was a really beautiful and also romantic thing, but she was she was gay, and it was this <sighs> really no no it was wonderful. It was like a very romantic moment with like someone who you had no interest in in that way. So it was this. I don't know. We were very close very quickly. We just had this understanding of each other very quickly, and we were able to connect with each other and it was amazing like i went to this place and i just became instantaneous friends with this person and that's nice she's had a completely different life than me and i've had a completely different life than her and uh so i named a song after her because it was pretty crazy and that's so her name's selena and the movie sabrina it's close in the same name but it's an andre hepburn film and uh i've always loved that film and i thought the sentiment was was uh, pretty on, on point with it. So I put those things in there. And I thought, oh, I'm making electronic music. I may as well use a fucking sample. <laughs> and it's not cleared. I'm going to get sued one day. The CPC bought my record so they could play it online. They're like, is this sample cleared? And I was like, ah, uh, no. And they've never played that song. <laughs> so that's that. Remember hindsight. One of the things I have to bring up is listening to you talk right now and listening to you on the record is two very different experiences. Absolutely. Because really? Because yeah. on the record... You're a deep motherfucker on the record. Okay. No, just yeah. not just that. Like, the way your voice sounds. And I am a... And I'm a funny motherfucker in real life. <laughs> you're just... You're very real in real life. You're destroying okay. my dreams yeah, in real life. And uh, <laughs> so let's let's talk about hindsight. And it's nice because it's almost like a return to form to the beginning of the album yep. where you're tricking people into believing that this is going to be very emotional and self-assured. The whole uh, record is like a circle and a half. In the first song on the record, I sing the chorus of hindsight. In, in Cloud of Smoke, there's a verse from hindsight. In hind, from hindsight. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. There's a, in, in Cloud of Smoke, there's the, when the sticks of the drums come in. The verse of hindsight comes in. in yeah, hindsight, I love sticks. Remember hindsight? Yeah. Because it's supposed to be, yeah, there's a there's a cycle and then there's a, a bit more. But hindsight As is if like, you're growing. Sure, yeah. But like hindsight is IV. like the full circle of it. Yeah, hindsight <laughs> is the, yeah. No, actually, that's that's nice because that fits in well, especially when I edit this up. It's going to sound super, super. It's going to uh, sound just great. Yeah. It's going to sound wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Anything about hindsight you wanna you wanna really get out there? It's not like Selena. The other one, uh, one of the songs that was just like a single take, like thing. I just 
you know, you recorded it once and that was it. It was just the performance of it. I played the fact way that you did so much of this single take destroys me and destroys all my faith. No, man, that's how you got to do it. That's what music's like. Think about fucking Sam Cooke, Ray Charles and shit. Yep. That shit is all single take. Every one of their songs is single take. Think about how sure. much better they would be if they could be auto-tuned or melodyned. No, it wouldn't be better. There's a- Melodyne now has a tempo tracking no, no. feature. It's going to be great. That's crazy. Melodyne's crazy. Is that another instrumental track? What, it's what got the fuck? It's moving, also named after Japanese animation. It's Laputa Moving Ka- on. Laputa <laughs> Castle in the Sky by uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Great nope. film. Moving That's on. True. Uh, it's a piece of bullshit. It's yeah. just trying to get you from one place to the next. It's not even doing that because it's delaying you from getting to the next part. You're right. Which is the next track. Which I should has- have never done it. Find the purpose Amongst the strangers Violently searching to prove my use. (laughs) This I want to fucking nail you on. I'll be water. Cool. All right. So let's let's just cut it off there at this point because this song has two very distinct uh, parts to it. And if you listen to them separately, they don't really sound like they belong together. The verse and the chorus. Yeah. But uh, don't question me. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's just these. Let's look at this song as a second. Sure. Uh, yeah. As a Bob Ross painting. And the, <laughs> the, the verse of it is sort of, hey, we've done a little bush over here. We've done a little bush over here. We're going to start a little pond right Happy here. Happy bush. And innocent then, bush. What the fuck? If you'd embrace <sighs> Here's what people weren't expecting. Bob Ross just ejaculates, and that's a waterfall. That's fucking Niagara Falls all of a sudden. Because, yeah. I feel like it, it's the biggest one-two that you pull on the album. It's the, it's it's almost like a, it's almost a bait and switch. Cool. And especially for people who've stuck with you this long through Folktronica, through the beginning of it. Right, and, right. Uh, and, of course, uh, Peach Boy, which is terrible. But also, uh, what was the other one that I really liked? Uh, fake harp, fake harp. Um, which uh, I guess people don't like, um, but you you come to like this. It's it's just R and B. It's just R and B. That's the culmination of so many different facets that have been running through this album. And then you come, you bring them all together in this one moment where it's just it's R and B, and it's so good because it's so pure. It's sort of like. Uh, you know, Dark Side of the Moon, that album cover, but reversed when all those when all those colors right. just come back into this one pure thing, and it's you doing mm-hmm. R and B for the first time, for the last time, for the only time on this album. It's ridiculous sounding, and it should be ridiculous sounding, but it also just sounds so <laughs> fucking good. Why did you make it so good? I don't know, man. It just kind of worked out that way. Yeah, I don't know. It was like. Yeah, I have no idea. It's like a folk song that just turned into an R&B song, straight up. Cool. One last question before we... uh, Here we go. Boxer briefs. Mm -hmm. So close. And just as obvious. (laughs) um, You fall asleep tonight. You close your eyes, you go into a dream world. Sure. However... It doesn't feel like... it's It's not a restful sleep. You feel like you've been traveling millions... 
nay, you can't even you can't even fathom how long you've traveled, but you know that your body's not in the same place that it was when you rested. Light years away. Right. When you awake, you are on top of a Mayan pyramid. And before you stand three men, one who is tiny and groveling before you, and he comes to you and he says, Sire, these two men both want to be king. And you remember that Mayans had a very weird English influence uh, in this right. alternate history. Yeah. Um, and that's why that... an accent on the Mayan guy, yeah. That's why that accent makes sense. And he says, um, they have both prepared songs for you. And the first one stands forward. And he, he's a mighty beast. Hmm. He stands six feet tall, and he has one segment of hair that he stretches back towards the rest of his head. Interesting. Okay. And he he plays to you a song, mostly on percussion, but a little bit on a looted instrument that he's crafted crudely, and is he he says he calls it Susudio. Okay. The other man <laughs> makes no qualms about his hair loss. It it is all gone. Um <laughs> He comes up and he grabs you by the lapel because you're suddenly wearing a gi. I have a, I have a lapel, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that's what you fall asleep in. Of course. It's right. I woke up in it A too. karate gi. Yeah. Um, and he says, I want to take you to our secret world. And you think back to the beginning of this metaphor and why wasn't that secret world integral to the beginning of this story? It seems weird that there would be two secret worlds in one story. Okay. But then you listen to his song. Who do you decide to be the future king of the Mayans? What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know what it is song sound like in the secret world. So the secret world is Peter Gabriel's secret world. Oh, I see. This um, is some weird... Phil Collins, the other song is Su Studio by Phil Collins. Oh no, Peter Gabriel every time. Listen to the Peter Gabriel So record. Fuck yes. Like, you know, it's just a good record. There's just like there's some every song is like over seven minutes long or some stupid shit like that. And they are all great pop songs. He figured out a way to write super long, really good pop songs. I just love Peter Gabriel. I think Peter Gabriel's a crazy motherfucker. I like him way more than Phil Collins. He has a song called Only Us, which is basically a chill wave song like from way back when like but like also phil 22 collins, years before listen to the tarzan soundtrack and phil collins did a good job you know like every artist i think has their uh has their merits yes i personally yes. if i had to fucking tarzan i love i love peter gabriel All right, here's my question tarzan soundtrack or wally soundtrack i've never watched or heard wally who did well wally? exactly who did wally who did wally Peter Gabriel. <laughs> Peter Gabriel did the Wally soundtrack? And he won a goddamn Oscar for it. He did the Wally soundtrack, though? Yeah. I'll have to watch that film. And, well, <laughs> yes. And, I mean, like, Phil Collins, You'll Be In My Heart. That is literally every Phil Collins song ever. Oh, yeah. No, Phil Collins does Phil Collins. Only Phil Collins. I love seeing Riley get Phil pissed Collins, off over you know. this shit. <laughs> Anyways, whatever. I think they're both great artists because they both made way more money and fame than any of us sitting here in this little room talking about them. Damn right they did. Right? And they're Fuckers. both, like, great musicians. Phil Collins fucking sings and plays drums at the same time. You know how hard that shit is? But I just like Peter Gabriel more. I think Peter Gabriel's a cool dude. Just, like, listening yeah, he's to pretty cool. Genesis and shit, what he was doing, it's like, yeah. wow. He, uh, he's always had 
I've been telling Riley for quite some time now to check out John Peel's uh, sessions. Uh, and he has Genesis on, like early, early Genesis when they're just first fucking starting. Peter Gabriel, Phil Collins, yeah. that's their prime right there. Wow. And if you can check out any of those. Anyways, so my answer is both Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins. Nope. But just Peter Gabriel I'll take first. it. I'll take it. Yeah. That's the end of our show, folks. Good night. <laughs> Ba, ba, da, ba. <laughs> Fuck you, Riley. Perfect. Time. We don't waste time. It's happening on my mind. I'll wait on you. Time. Let it go this time. Feeling. I'm deprived of letters to glue. You go, you find someone to be endlessly. It's so late out. Means heaven for you. Down. Kim repents down. We fall through the ground. It'll be there. I look through the glass for a moment. Reflection past My eyes No longer even care For the past Is a story Thought to be true When Anna was left in bed for you In hindsight Remember hindsight A million watts A bright light In the fragment of a memory in hindsight I'd say you're right I waste my life chasing something only I can see it is 